Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Okay, everyone, and welcome to uh, another episode of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. My name is Mark Stevenson. And this is Mark Vila, and today uh, is another very special day. So um, Mark, through his connections, through some people that he knows, um, you know, Elon Musk and, and things like some folks like that, uh, met one of these financial advisors that is a financial advisor to the trillionaires of the world. And, uh, and he was humble enough to come visit us today to help out all you folks out there. Um, and it, and his name is Jason Fuchs with SagePath Financial Advisors. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. Hey, hey, Jason. I um, I really one of the one of the reasons I really wanted you on is because I because I know that you do do a lot of um, you answer a lot of questions and you help a lot of small business and kind of solopreneurs. Mm-hmm. So you know, probably the only part of the whole business cycle that Mark and I don't talk about on a very regular basis is, you know, is is what happens with your is what happens with your checkbook, other than how much money you can make. Yeah, yeah. We we talk a lot about um, knowing your numbers yep. and about making sure that um, we, your business is healthy financially. But hopefully, in this episode, we can dig a little bit deeper. Um, into some of that and help to get people on the right path. And um, this is my first time I'm speaking with you, Jason. So um, we've never met before, just like a magician show. And so, what, but I did go to your website and the first thing I clicked on was your mission. Cause that's something I was kind of curious about, you know, what's um, who's Jason and, and his team, what are they about? So I read it and I was impressed and um, one of the things we do on this podcast frequently is we talk to customers about how they write and how they communicate messages to their customers. So I kind of wanted to analyze your mission statement for maybe one minute here and okay. give our customers a further exercise on how to um, analyze their own writing and their own mission statements because cool. you did a beautiful job. Oh, thank um, you so, so much. <laughs> so let me read it real quick and then I'll break it down real quick and I'm going to do this in like less than two minutes. So um uh, mission, your objectives are the heart of our business, and we believe in providing advice and guidance to help maximize all elements of your financial life whenever and however you need it. So it's, it's a, it says a lot. And so let's break it down, right? Your objectives, perfect start. It's not, you didn't start with our mission. Your mission immediately is about your customer. So your objectives is the first thing. Your mission is about your customer. That's beautiful. Um, and your objectives are the heart of our business. So heart, it's very emotional. It's, it's, it's what keeps a business alive. So um, your, customer, your customer keeps a business alive and it's the passion of the business. Um, we believe in providing advice and guidance. I like that. We, you don't tell your customers what they have to do. You don't take over. You provide the guidance and the advice that helps, I'm sure, to make them help them make better decisions in the future is what I got out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh, maximize all elements of your financial life. So it's not just one thing. It's not just where to invest or where to keep money. It's kind of everything. Um, and 
And then lastly, whenever and however you need it. And Mark and I always talk about if your customers need you to be somewhere, if they need to communicate with you a certain way, you should be there for them. So um, there we go. There was my couple minutes on praising you. And, um, and right after I read this, I said, I'm excited to have Jason on the podcast to talk to people because I knew right away you knew what you were doing. Dude, but before we go any further, Mark, would you copy and paste that onto Cold Essie's About Us page, please? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Just make all the right changes. We'll be. We'll be. <laughs> that was a beautiful, beautiful summary, Mark. Thanks. So, so other than the other than the mission, mission, Jason, why don't you uh, take a minute and just kind of introduce yourself to the CAS listeners and tell us what you do and what you're all about. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Like you said, uh, my name is Jason Fuchs. It's pronounced Fuchs. I, I recognize the spelling for some people can be a little difficult. We'll just get the elephant out of the room right now. It's written like futches. That's what <laughs> some people pronounce it differently and that's okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes a C and an H, you know, they don't make <laughs> no that <worries>. sound. <laughs> uh, I've been doing this for a, a long time, probably over 13, over 14 years. And, you know, I recently left a pretty big firm. And the reason I made that transition was simply because I just, I, I didn't like the way it was going. I didn't like the idea of pushing products on clients, things that people might not necessarily need. So to protect myself and my clients, I left and, you know, I was fortunate enough, blessed enough to have brought most of my clients with me. And that's really where Sage Path developed. Okay. That's awesome. We're connected, right? Yeah, we're connected. So I'm having some audio issues. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. I thought so. Um, the reason why I say that is I'll tell, I'll just interject with another one of my stories because I can't help it. My internet is like in and out, and um, I've and they, they actually told me last night um, there's nothing they can do about it, but they'll send somebody out on Saturday to try to fix it. To oh, try so, and fix it. Yeah. So so you know I was like, well, the not next important is I choose another not provider. Important. So I thought it might have been me that. Well, I mean, Jason, I I think just like everyone knows that Mark Vila um, does close up magic during the podcast. (laughs) No one gets to see. I see. I see. I'm really disappointed that you haven't mentioned the drum set. If you're just listening to the to the podcast and you're not watching the video, Jason is strategically placed so you can see his drums (laughs) drum set. I have tried so many strategies to try and cover up the drum set. It's funny you say that. <laughs> why, would you, why would you cover you know, it up? I was talking to this guy about my millions of dollars and how to invest it when he's got a drum set behind him. That's great. <laughs> I love it. I'm trying to I'm tell you it's it. COVID. It's a weird world we're in right now. But yeah. yeah. So we're going to get to retirement strategies in a minute. But first, I'm going to I'm going to hit a drum solo for you just for a second. Hop on that for you. No extra charge. You know, it'll be it'll be fine. It's pro bono. I do yeah. that kind of stuff. All all the all the best business people have really eccentric things in their office. So that's actually you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I just no, I you're not one of them. You're not one. Of them. <laughs> okay. Well, right, Mark, so we talked about your eccentric things earlier, right? Yeah, that's there you go. <laughs> Pipes. Um, uh, the, well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the one I'm going to go with anyway. So, uh, Jason, I, you know, I I mentioned this before, but you know, we get questions all the time. You know, where our expertise um, you know, on the business side of things and on that part of finances, we get questions all the time. That's just past that. So we did, um, we did kind of a poll in the Custom Apparel Startups Facebook group. Okay. Um, if you're listening and you're not a member out there, it's well over 10,000 small business people 
just like you guys listening out there, they're either have just started, they want to start a small business in, in customizing products, you know, doing promotional products or custom t-shirts or screen printing or anything. Um, and uh, a great number of people that are absolute pros that are waiting to help. So if you generally, if you have a question about marketing or business or pricing or anything, go to that CIS group and, and you get your go-to answers. One so, set of questions you don't get answered are what is on this kind of poll that we, that we took. Yeah. So um, let's, let's get to, let's get, yeah, to let's do those. those. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what, what's the leading one? What's our leading question? So the first one was um, small business loan options and just kind of kind of what should a business owner, because I've been one as well, um, what should they consider being a small business and taking a look at loan options for equipment or to finance your business? Yeah, so this is such a great question, loan options to finance business operations, equipment, that sort of thing. And this is why I love working with business owners so much. So, you know, one of the things that we do at SagePath, really our claim to fame, is managing the overall financial affairs of the business owners and the individuals we work with. So essentially, my clients have me on a retainer to access me throughout the year to discuss any sort of financial topics they want, really okay. anything involving a dollar sign. And this is a question I'm asked frequently by the business owners I work with. And, you know... I always tell these folks the best place to start is the Small Business Administration. So SBA.gov. You know, the, the SBA, they work with lenders to provide loans to small businesses, and that's a great place to start. The, the agency, it doesn't lend money directly to small business owners. So instead, what they do is it sets guidelines for loans made by its partnering lenders, community development organizations, micro lending institutions, that sort of thing. And what they do is they try to reduce the risk for lenders and they try to make it easier for you to access capital. So it makes it easier for small business owners to get loans. So you get really competitive terms, you get some really great counseling and education, and then there are some unique benefits that are enrolled into that as well. That's great. And we even had one of the, um, one of the guys from um, the SBA on the podcast uh, from here in Tampa that we'll, we'll put a link uh, to their services and everything in the notes. But is there, you know, what do you look at to, to advise people on whether or not to make that decision? Like, so should I take out a loan? Um, should I finance equipment? Should I try to pay cash for it? Should I stack up credit cards to, to, to make the purchase? Yeah, that, that's a great, a great question. So credit versus cash. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this back a little bit. When you use credit, as we all know, you're, you're borrowing the money from the card company, right? And at a young age, most of us were taught to borrow as infrequently as possible. I mean, I remember my parents saying it, my grandparents saying it. And the idea was to try and reserve big ticket items that you might have a hard time saving years or decades for, like a car, house, college. In this case, big ticket items like uh, computer equipment, servers, um, you know, uh, just manual Church, equipment and barter machines. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So the idea here is, you know, if you're willing to go into debt for, for example, a $4 cup of coffee, that'll be gone within minutes. It, it just doesn't make much sense. But people who use credit cards for everything, they kind of have a different mindset. And I'm one of those people. So I'm, I'm getting to your point. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. I'm borrowing $4 for that cup of coffee. But for me, it's a short period of time. So to me, it's not debt because when I get my statement, I pay that balance full every month. 
So the credit cards don't charge me interest. And what's neat is I get the rewards. And that's really neat because you don't get rewards with cash or most debit cards. So when I hear that business owners are only using credit for big pit purchases only, big ticket purchases only, you know, I think that they're actually leaving money on the table with this approach. And I always suggest, hey, go online, check your statements, whatever. Look at the money you're spending in cash, debit card, checks, whatever. And then what I like to do is say, take that dollar figure and multiply it by 2%. Now, 2% is, you know, most credit card companies give you cash back. 2% is just kind of an average number I've found. So for example, 500 a month means typically if you multiply that by 2%, $10 a month, you're, you're potentially missing out on rewards and take that out the entire year. That's 120 bucks. So the point I'm trying to make is, you know, you don't always have to wait until big ticket purchases to start utilizing credit. If you utilize credit responsibly, you can actually use it for all of the purchases you're making. And as a business owner, you know, if you've got tens and thousands of dollars and some cases, hundreds and thousands of dollars that you're, you're, you're financing through cash, you might be missing out on a lot of opportunities. Whereas if you had used some sort of card that has a rewards program, for example. Yeah, that, that's great. And, and um, I agree with that. It's the way I run my finances. I will, um, I will borrow as much money as I can at today's interest rates. You know, I mean, it's all about uh, leverage. I mean, you know, you can free up a lot of your working capital, a lot of your cash by, like you said, borrowing from somebody else. And with today's rates, I mean, you know, it's just very attractive right now. Good. So <laughs> that leads me to a thought then, right? Because you started this off with, um, with how debt is bad, right? And there's a lot of financial, um, you know, famous financial advisors out there that would say debt is bad, right? And, mm -hmm. um, and debt can be bad. I'm sure at some points in time, right? So where, so part of the decision-making process that when I used to sell equipment a lot was I'd run, in, run into a business owner who um, had the concept of debt is bad as just a blanket statement. Mm -hmm. And we'd discuss an embroidery machine or a printer or something like that. And they see an opportunity for their business and an ROI, but they're hesitant to take on a debt like an equipment lease or um, use or even using a credit card or a loan to purchase a piece of equipment that's fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. So, how would you advise um, somebody on making that decision? Um, like, be, how would how do you or should they get into debt? Is maybe one question. And how do you determine um, if they should or not? And and um, yeah, and I guess that's kind of it. I think it determined it's based on the cost benefit analysis. You know, if you've got a machine, a piece of equipment that costs you 15 grand, but if you started using it immediately, it's going to generate $25,000 worth of profit. Well then, you know, are you really going to want to wait until you can save up that 15 grand? I mean, if it takes you a year, two years to save up $15,000 for that equipment, two years later, are you still going to be able to use that equipment? So it's great that you haven't incurred any debt to pay for that equipment, but think about what you missed out in those two years by not purchasing the equipment right away through credit, for example. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, I, I honestly, I love it when people, um, people agree with what I think. 
<laughs> it's one of it's one of my favorite things in life. Yeah. You know, if, you're, if you're a business owner and you want a new business a vehicle for your business, now do you want to go out and pay I don't know eighty ninety thousand dollars for an Escalade and and pull out credit to pay for that Escalade? Probably not. You know, so maybe you can afford to wait a little bit to save up for the vehicle you need, or maybe you can use credit to finance something a little cheaper. I think it just all goes back to the being responsible with your use of credit. Okay. And we um, had an episode a couple episodes ago, uh, was it, I think 137. And okay. we discussed creating a, um, like a, uh, creating a, a, an idea for a new product and whether or not you should bring a new product in. And we kind of, the podcast episode was, what was that? And walk through the steps. Yeah. And walking through the steps. So what I would say is if you listen to that episode, and then you listen to this episode, right? The answer is that you've put together a plan and you realize that this is a good idea. It's a good business idea based on going through all the, and then you listen to the financial side of it and you say, because it's a good idea, it's okay to take out the debt. Yep. And I'll, um, I'll close out this question just by saying on all of our ROIs that we do for cash flow ROIs, financing equipment, no matter what piece of equipment it is, um, 50 shirts a month is better than break even. So I think, I think that if you can reasonably expect you can sell 50 shirts a month, then financing should 100% be on the table. And then maybe, maybe you should look at things more deeply if you can. Um, I wanted to jump around our list a little bit, if you don't mind, Mark, sure. because Let's do it. Um, planning for retirement for small business is somebody that somebody just asked me about this. Now, okay. most of our um, most of our entrepreneurs that listen to the podcast, they their annual revenue is probably anywhere from maybe forty thousand dollars all the way up to about three million dollars. With most of them being, you know, in the under a hundred thousand dollar range. Would you agree, Mark? Yeah, um, it's uh, most. Most, the, the, yeah, the most media. people that that's probably not the average, right? right? Um, and because it just like everything, just like everything else, well, um, most of the money is on the top, right? That's just yeah. how things always exist. But uh, yeah, a good portion of people are doing under a hundred thousand dollars a year in this venture, and sometimes they might have another business venture or um, or a partner, you know, husband, wife, something like that that does something else. So, so could you give us like a, a high level um, tax planning approach? You know, just like I'm a, I'm a part-timer side hustle and I'm a, uh, I'm a first-year business, what should a business owner be thinking about and mapping out as the money starts to come in for their taxes? Are we talking about taxes specifically or are we talking about relation to retirement planning? Um, yes. So first, <laughs> first touch on taxes. If you don't mind, like, you know, what should they be thinking about? And then you can address um, the retirement planning side. Well, from a, a tax standpoint, that's not something that I would get into detail with my clients. Typically, what I'm doing is I'm partnering with the professionals that business owners have, have incorporated into their business world. So, so CPAs, accountants, attorneys, that sort of thing. So gotcha. I can actually help analyze the tax returns for potential opportunities for savings and investing. 
but one of the services we provide is not actually going in and saying, hey, this is going to help you save on taxes. If that makes gotcha. sense. Gotcha. That, that's a, often a side effect of retirement plans. Though. In relation to retirement planning, though, we can actually go in and say, hey, if you were to potentially chunk out some of this money to retirement, yes, that is definitely one of the ways you can save um, from a tax standpoint. Okay. Because I, I know that's a strategy that, that, that I employ. And that's, you know, you look at what you think you're going to make for the year, what you're, what you're going to owe for taxes in a year, and then you optimize your retirement savings to, to meet those goals. Yeah. So right? one of the things I do is I, I try to take a look at the cash flow. So I do look at financial statements. And like I said, I coordinate with the other professionals to try and determine potential opportunities to start implementing financial adv- advisory strategies, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so is it the kind of thing where if you meet with a small business and they talk, start talking about retirement planning, do you go right for, you know, traditional vehicles like SEP IRAs? I mean, what do you like? How do you usually go? What are your options? So, our process is a little bit more long-winded than answering the question of tax implications. We cover the t- question of tax implications through the process that that we use. So, you know, the first step would be to try and work with the CPA attorney bookkeeper and then try to evaluate the effectiveness of your corporate structure. So we want to try to figure out whether or not the structure you have for your company is actually benefiting you. You know, whether it's an LLC, a sole prop, a corporation, partnership, whatever, because that is going to create the foundation for how you get paid as a business owner. Okay. And then what we do is, like I said, we look at the cash flow. So we study all the financial statements, tax documents, try to coordinate with all the professionals to figure out what potential opportunities you have for implementing financial strategies. And then when we get to the retirement plans for your business, what I try to do is educate you on the various options. And then what we do is, you know, after we've evaluated everything going on financially with the business, we try to choose what option makes most sense for your business and what those potential benefits are. So the types could be, I mean, there are a lot of different options for you. It could be a 401k defined contribution retirement plan. It could be a defined benefit pension plan, a defined benefit slash 401k defined contribution combination plan, profit sharing plan, cash balance pension plan, there are SEP IRAs, there are simple IRAs, you know, there are a lot of different options when it comes to retirement and each has its own tax implications for the business as well. Gotcha. And, and honestly, I was just trying to get to you to start using financial lingo. It I sounds really, like you should hire somebody to do this. To do this. It kind of goes to hey. one of the other questions, you know, um, that we had and we've had this more than once. What's the best advice you could give someone just starting out to get your ducks in a row in the very beginning when you start a business? That is a great question. So kind of where do you start, right? Yeah. I I always start from a a goal standpoint. I know it kind of sounds silly and we're going backwards, like goals have nothing to do with money. Um, But I use the SMART acronym and I don't need to get into the details, but the point is you want to lay out your short-term, your long-term goals for the business and for you as the business owner on a personal level. And then once you've laid out your goals, what's, what you want to do is look at your budget and simply put, you got to look at all of your income, look at all of your expenses. And the idea is you subtract your expenses from your income and you're hopefully left with a surplus. 
And, and that surplus is where the savings and investment part starts. So the idea is first, you know, what that surplus create an emergency fund. And you hear all sorts of numbers. Me personally, I think 90 days is at the least amount you should have built up in your emergency fund. Some people go yeah. six months, nine months, 12 months. It's kind of up to your comfort level. And then once you have that emergency fund created, anything left over, that's what you want to start thinking about. Well, should I be investing that from the business? Do I take that out as profits for me as the business owner? Do I create a retirement plan for the business? Do I take the profits and create a retirement plan for me? That's kind of the beginning of the overall financial planning process. So I have a, I have a question about that because um, I, I really liked everything you had to say about that. But I know what the struggle of a lot of um, these business owners are um, from having spoken to so many of them are let's just say they're making whatever dollar amount they're making a year, $75,000 a year. Um, let's just say that that's like uh, the income they're generating, right? That's yeah. it. That's what they're able to, to take for themselves and spend on their house and, and things like that, right? So that $75,000 a year, say they feel like they're squeaking by on everything, keeping the business up and running, fixing the AC, the car breaks down. And they're like, that money is like, they feel is like, I, I don't feel like I can squeeze away to get 90 days, like 90 days worth. Like, I feel like I could squeeze away $200 a month, maybe. Right. I mean, and I know this is the mindset of a, not just small business owners, but hundreds of millions of people across the world. Right. So oh, yeah. how, if that's where you are, if that's the mindset that you're in now, is like, I feel like I could barely take out $200 to do that. How, what do you do? What's your first, what are some steps to do to get out of that? I, I would go back to the beginning of the process. I, I think if you're making $75,000 a year, you have to think about what, what is that money? What are you trying to accomplish with that money? I mean, are you you're trying to pay the bills? Obviously mortgage, you have food, health insurance, all that good stuff. You know, are you trying to take vacations? You know, what, what is the purpose? And, and it goes back to, again, outlining all of your goals. Because once you outline your goals, you have a framework of what you where you want to go. And now, rather than letting the money drive your life, you're, you're trying to let your drop your, your life, the goals you've laid out, drive the money. So it's almost like starting over from scratch. Look back at the goals that you've created for yourself and think, hmm, are these really are they realistic? Can I really accomplish these with you know, the money I'm making for my business? Do I need to reevaluate it? And then it all goes back to the budget. I mean, if you're in a situation where you just don't think you're bringing in enough income, you can only do one of two things. You either have to spend less or you have to generate more income. There's no magical formula. There's no magical investment I can get you in that's going to take that money, grow it. So you're, you know, the next multimillionaire. Okay. Well, I mean, that's it for the podcast then, because that's really... <laughs> We were going to sign off and have you just tell me and Mark. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, that is, that's, investment yeah, I think you said that's, that is the secret formula. And sometimes the secret formula is so simple, right? You know, like you hear like, what's, what's in grandma's cookies that are so good. You know, I put a, I put a hint of almond oil in it, you know, something like that. Yeah. And, and the simple thing, the, the magic is, is if you're in that position for your business and it spills over 
into your personal life, especially when you're a really small business owner, right? Because it might just be you who just owns the business, right? So it feels the same. Um, spend less if you can, when you can, and yeah. you just have to figure out what are some, and the other dangerous thing is um, don't, don't spend less by lowering the quality of your product necessarily. No, right. Spend yeah, less in the things that you don't actually need. And almost everybody has things that they don't need. They spend money on that they can cut out immediately. Any I'm, business I'm just, I'm just going to go out on a limb. And I think that almost everyone can find 10%. I, yeah. I would almost so. everyone can reduce their spend by 10%. Yes. One of the things I do differently than other financial advisors is I actually, I try to simplify this whole planning process by integrating their business and personal planning. So what I try to do is find synergies that may potentially create more personal wealth. I see so many advisors, they try to separate the two and that's fine. But the problem is if you're a business owner like me, I mean, the business and personal life are just so integrated. It, it's not fair to separate them because if you're separating them again, you're not trying finding true synergies that can really help you. In, in this case, you know, budgeting issues by combining the personal and the business, you can kind of get a more better understanding of what you're trying to achieve financially. Yeah, I think that is great. That that's yeah, one of the I like things that. that. And that's that's not something Mark and I, Mark Veal and I can do for you, but that is something that Jason can help with. Yeah. You know what? I see all the time when um, I, I deal a lot with our e-commerce store, Jason, and a lot of our customers, when we look into their account, they will have a billing address, two billing addresses and two shipping addresses. And <laughs> the reason why I see that, and it's obvious, is because sometimes they use their personal credit card for their business. Yeah. right? And it's just because they're struggling with the finances. I've got a thousand dollars in my personal bank account. I need to buy something for 200. I got to get the business going, put it on the card. Right. I mean, and yeah. just, it, because it's not structured well. Um, and that's why I think what you said is really beautiful is because it does intertwine like that. I'm not going to take out my personal card and spend it for cold because I don't, I'm not right. You know what I mean? Mark does. <laughs> um, but that's what that's true, right? You don't go and you would never do that for um, a company that you work for. But when you are the company, you would because it's kind of like a same pile, same pile of cash is kind of like the short mindset that I've heard. It's, it's all the same pile. Just do it. Get the job done. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Um, listen, we, 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 we really we are, are kind of pressed for time here. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, Mark, the, there's there's just a couple left. I'm going to give Jason. I'm going to give you uh, a choice. Okay. And and that <laughs> is, um, how do you how do you find good medical and dental coverage, which I know um, people are very concerned with, and um, what's the best way to structure a business if you do a lot of schools and not for profits? Is there a difference? I think so. The, specifically, uh, they asked, would forming a foundation make more sense? It's not a complicated question at all. It should just be yes. Complicated right. answer though. So <laughs> I think what we'll do is we'll cover the healthcare question, medical and dental. 
Yeah. So again, I, I refer outside of my realm of expertise. I, I, I think healthcare.gov is a fantastic research or resource. You know, you might be able to get health coverage in, in a few different ways. So first of all, directly from an insurance company, you can contact any health insurance company and see what plans are available in your area. Many have websites that you can look at. You can compare all the plans. You can also go through an insurance agent or broker. Now, generally an agent works for a single health insurance company and brokers sell plans from several. I just went through this process actually. I used a broker and we have an organization that I'm affiliated with. It's dedicated towards uh, working with financial advisors. And one of the things they work on is, is health insurance. So they have these brokers that will help you find health insurance for your family, your employees, all that good stuff. But uh, both can help you compare plans and complete your enroll enrollment. And what's neat is you don't pay more by using an agent or a broker. They're generally paid by the insurance company whose plans they sell. And, you know, they might not be able to sell all available plans, but they have really good access to a lot of different information. Another option would be from an online health insurance seller. Now, these services, they offer plans from all kinds of insurance companies. They let you compare prices, features, and enroll within the insurance company. One thing that people don't really know about small business owners, you might be able to get healthcare through a community health center. It's not the, the greatest way in my opinion, but it is an option. So how much you pay really depends on your income. And community health centers are located urban, rural areas. They provide things like prenatal care, baby shots, uh, general primary care, referrals to specialized care like mental health and substance abuse. So healthcare.gov is a great place to start. You can also search for a, a broker or a, um, an agent and, and they'll be a good resource as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, and this, this is another resource where um, I would imagine if you're connected with your local um, SBA, that they probably can also bring you a lot of advice on this information too and connect you with, um, we know businesses that are using this broker, we know businesses that are using like this community center, things like that. So um, uh, local is, is I think a really great way to get a great answer to this question. Um, just like, so the, too, just yeah. like the loans. I've had great experience with the SBA as far as, you know, clients who have used them. They're just, uh, such a great, re they're helpful. They, they don't have an agenda. So it's really, you know, up to you what you need from them. Cool. All right. That's um, great. Mark, you want to sum everything up and yeah. So um, a, a quick summary and then, um, well, I'll tell you about it. So <laughs> we've got, I, I think when listening to this, I think a, one really important lesson to learn are there are a lot of words that many of us did not understand that were said <laughs> in this. So just like everything else we talk about, we talk a lot about um, creating graphics, right? Because people are doing t-shirts, you know, and logos or my logos on that side, actually. <laughs> but um, if you're not great at this, so Mark Stevenson and his wife know a lot about this stuff. They've studied it over the years. His wife, I believe, did it for a living for a while. Um, I have not, I will not claim to be an expert. And because of that, I speak with somebody who is. So if you're a small business owner, you should do that just like you should with your graphics or your, or, um, your tax accounting, accounting. If you don't really know about this and you desire to have a plan, which you should, 
then speak with somebody just like Jason. Um, and I, th I think that's the big lesson now. And in regards to some final thoughts, um, Mark and I always like to have somebody, we leave some homework out there. We leave something to do next because what happens in my opinion and podcasts all over the place and TV shows, everything, everyone talks a whole lot about a ton of things. And then you leave with a scrambled mind. I got to be better at that. And then you do nothing because you don't know where to start. So what's something that you feel anybody who's listening an exercise or something they can do like right after they listen to this? that will help them get on the bet on a stage for the best financial success. I think the greatest place to start is believe it or not, I'm a podcaster too. Yeah. I have a podcast. It's called dad sense D A D C E N T S. And we try to focus on family, fun time, fun, uh, sometimes food, but always finances. So it's a great resource because in each episode I air every two weeks, I cover various financial topics and we try to give you small snippets. And the topics that, that I cover on the podcast, they don't require a lot of high level thinking. So it's a great resource to start working on your financial affairs in little small snippets. Because so many people hear these money podcasts and they get these hour episodes, like you said, they get these great ideas and, oh, I got to do all this work. I'm so excited. And then they sit down and they're just completely overwhelmed. So I try to give the information in small snippets. That way you can work on this a little bit at a time. And I think that's a great resource to get you started and, and, and to get into that financial planning realm. And as somebody that's listened, I, I can recommend the, the, the podcast because it's a boatload of fun. So oh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's really entertaining. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate um, Jason, Jason's website is uh, sagepathfa.com. And we're going to uh, put a link in the show notes. Um, I, I strongly urge you guys, if you are serious about your money, and uh, which I hope all of you are, and about what your financial future looks like, man, if you're in a place like start listening to that podcast on Jason's website, you can get it there and uh, reach out to him and start asking, asking questions. And I think, um, I think you'll be better for it. Yeah, absolutely. Any questions you have, I'd be happy to help. Cool. Yeah, and you know what? Um, we've we've talked about this a lot, and this is just something I truly believe that. Um, and Mark, you'll know the example. I've said it probably twenty times, right? So, someone said, "What's you the see best a girl in the end of a bar?" You see it in a girl in a biker bar. No, but um, what's the best parenting book? And then someone would say, it doesn't matter if you are the type of person who's going to read parenting books, you're probably going to be a better parent just for doing that exercise. So if you are not sure where to start in getting your finances better, you're not sure if you're good or bad at it, you will be better just by listening to Jason's podcast on a regular basis, because it will always be on the front of your mind. Every couple of weeks, it's going to, you're going to reset and think about it again, reset, reset. And every time you start to walk away from it, you get a two week line comes up again and you reset again. You're now thinking about the finances. So just because you listen to him, I will guarantee that you will get better because you will just put a focus on it a little bit more. So even if you just are terrible and you have no clue if you're good, just doing that, you'll automatically get better eventually. Well said. Hey, thanks for being with us today, um, Jason uh, Fuchs from Sage Pass FA. Um, this has been Mark Stevenson. And Mark Vila. You guys have a, uh, a great and financially secure 
business and future. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. Thank you.